Let us once again uh, turn to the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And we shall read from verse 14. 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priest and said unto them, What will ye give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. The title this evening is what will you give me to betray Jesus? What will you give me to betray Jesus? Judas Iscariot, one of the 12 apostles chosen by the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ chose him to be his own, but he betrayed his master. Judas Iscariot went to the chief priests and we are told they covenanted with him. That is, they asked him to set Jesus up. Set Jesus up. Make him stand before us. They asked him that he cause or arrange to make Jesus stand before the members of the Sanhedrin so that they secretly, not in open, but secretly judge him, declare him guilty, and kill him. Judas's question to them was, what will you give me? What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. In other words, he would set up Jesus to stand before them to be judged. But to do this, he expected that he gets paid from them. What will you give me? They therefore made an agreement with him to pay 30 pieces of silver. What will you give me? They said 30 pieces of silver. I believe it would be worth around four months wages of those days. It was not even a year's wages. This was how low Judas estimated Jesus to be. For Judas Iscariot, Jesus was worth only four months of wages. Now, the gospel narrative tells us that people considered Jesus to be a great prophet. Some said that he is a great prophet. John the Baptist said that he was, he himself was so low that he esteemed him so low that he was not fit to tie the laces of Jesus' 
shoes. The disciples called him Christ, the Son of God. People of Jerusalem wanted Jesus to be crowned as a king of the Jews, but for Judas, for Judas, Jesus was worth only 30 pieces of silver. Judas was willing to betray Jesus, his master. And Jesus claimed to be the son of God. He proved himself to be the son of God by signs he performed, which only God could do. No one could point out any sin in Jesus. In fact, Jesus challenged them to say, saying, show me if I have any sin. And they could not. He was pure, filled with Love, compassion, and altogether just. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he cast out demons just by his word. Yet Judas had no problem to give to the enemies of Jesus and sell him for 30 pieces of silver. How much is Jesus... Christ, the Son of God, worth for you. If you are calling him the Son of God, if you are bowing down before him and acknowledging him to be the Lord and God, creator of heaven and earth, how much worth is Jesus for you? To our Muslim friends, I ask, if you're calling him the prophet, if your Quran said that he is the word of God and that he was born pure, born of the spirit, this means he's God, how much is he worth for you? Swami Vivekananda, represented India and Hinduism at the Parliament of the World's Religion in 1893 in Chicago. He said, if I had lived in Palestine during the time of Jesus, as he lived, I would have washed his feet, not with my tears, but I would cut my heart and I would wash his feet with my blood. Yet he considered Jesus only as a great soul, a great messenger. That's all that Jesus was worth for him. That's all he considered Jesus to be, a great messenger. Dear Hindus, what are you doing to Christ? Dear atheist, how much is Jesus worth for you? How much do you value him? The people of the Lord Jesus Christ are killed. They are burned. Their houses are burned 
in, and the places of worship are burned even right now. And they put their servants, his servants, in prison. And all of us, we may not hand over Jesus to be insulted, beaten up, be nailed to the cross and shed his blood. But if we value Jesus as nothing, we could sell him even to win an argument, to win a quarrel, or to satisfy our ego, or to satisfy the lust of our flesh. The sad part of Judas was that even though he was with Jesus for three years, he did not realize that he had the greatest of all pearl before him. And it could be the same with you. It could be the same with you. It could be the same with many of us. We are ready to give our lives to a celebrity of the world, to an ideology of the world, to the revolutions that emerges, we join them, but we find Jesus who is actually the most amazing man that ever walked on this earth, many of us find his very name to be offensive. How many times have we heard on the street as the evangelists ask people, what do you think about Jesus? And many a time we hear, he's rubbish. He's rubbish. The Lord Jesus Christ once spoke about a merchant who was in search of a valuable pearl. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 13, Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. You know, businessmen and others know what to seek for. People are very smart. They know what to seek for. They seek for that which is super best, isn't it? People want the best. You and I want the best. And once they find it, they are ready to sell all because they know that the treasure is there. They're ready to give up all in order to possess that valuable possession because they know the great value of it. For many of us, the most valuable possession could be a career, a hobby perhaps. It could be some wild imagination, imagining of destination that we want to go. It could be a woman, a man, a dream itself. It could be some kind of a pleasure, pleasure. Many a times it is the habitual sin. Habitual sin which we lust after. And we hold it dear to us. We don't want to let it go. 
It is more valuable than Jesus, the deliverer. The one who is ready to give his life and he has given his life for you. This man that Jesus spoke about was seeking for goodly, valuable pearl. He was seeking. He was seeking. Judas was not seeking for the heavenly things. He was not seeking for things eternal. He was not seeking for things durable and excellent. His taste was rubbish. Very earthly. He was not seeking for eternal knowledge and wisdom. He was not seeking for his soul to be liberated. He was just flesh. Running after fleshly things. He wanted to remain as a worm. So, he missed out on the Lord Jesus Christ. What about you? What about you, dear friends? Where is your heart? Where is your treasure? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be, said the Lord Jesus Christ. But what if you gain the whole world, but lose your soul? Judas was looking only for his own self. He was a narcissist. He only wanted to use others for himself. He was satisfied to use Jesus for his selfish gain. He was not interested in fixing his personality, his soul. He saw nothing wrong in himself. He thought that he was very courageous. And many of us think of uh, that we are courageous when we, when we uh, want to do things our own way. Dear friends, if your pursuit for the valuable things of the world if, uh, is for the things of the world, you can miss out on the most excellent thing, the most eternal thing that is Christ Jesus. Oh, that we would all taste him and see that he is good. You, like Judas, could be so preoccupied with yourself about here and now that the things of eternity becomes cloudy, dark, murky. Jesus says life is more than eating and drinking and clothing. You could be so immersed in the things of the flesh here and now that that like Judas, you could value Jesus just for four months of wages. Maybe perhaps even low or maybe nothing. Wicked people and hardcore atheists value Jesus Christ as rubbish, as I said. Judas had no compunction, no scruples of throwing Jesus 
the one that gives everlasting life under the wheels. He sold the greatest of all pearls for 30 pieces of silver. How rightly Jesus said, do not throw your pearls to the swine. Judas handed over Jesus to the pigs like him and he ended up taking his own life. We may talk about Judas so much, but I would tell you about my own self. I wouldn't value Jesus at all. There was time when I used to curse God for not getting what I wanted. I was his enemy. But in his mercy and kindness, he delivered me. Not even when I said, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. No. That's how deep is his love and compassion. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we yet rejected and we were his enemies, he came to set us free. What love. You and I, maybe from the 60s and 70s and 80s until today, we hear songs on, of, of love, about love, all the time. But it has nothing solid, no foundational love of sacrifice, forgiveness, nothing. Imagine the scenario. Jesus came down from heaven, leaving his heavenly abode to seek you and cause you to come under the power of his heavenly kingdom. But you are seeking for another person, another thing, earthly kingdom, earthly pleasures, seeking to establish yourself. It is good to be established in the right things. Of course, we should work hard, uh, get knowledge, and so on and so forth, but not at the cost of losing our soul. This is a problem with all of us. Our minds are darkened by the God of this world, that is Satan. We cannot see and we fail to see the truth. We fail to know and understand the best for us. You know, it is like the parents who knows what is good for the children when they are children, and they try to give them the best, and the children say, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. I know what, I, what is good for me. That is pride. That is ignorance. That is arrogance. God knows better, dear friends, what's good for you and me. And so having such a mind, we condemn good, and we shun good as evil, and just before Judas went to sell Jesus to the high priest, Jesus was invited by Simon the leper to have food, as we read in the Gospel of Matthew in our second reading. And as Jesus sat there to eat, we are told there came a woman into, his, into this house, and she came with a very precious ointment and poured it on Jesus' head. Now, this very precious ointment was very expensive. Surely, it must have been imported from India. 
a very far distant land from Israel. And she probably spent all her savings on it. Why would this woman do such a thing to Jesus? Obviously, this woman held Jesus in a very high esteem. She held him in a very high esteem. She worshipped him. And to show her deep appreciation and gratitude she, uh, uh, towards him, and to show that he is not just an ordinary mere man, but the anointed of God, she poured this very expensive oil on Jesus' head. And this ordinary woman, a sinner, could see through the real Jesus. She saw this Jesus not only as a man, though he was fully man, but she saw in him that he was indeed the Son of God, the Anointed One, that would take the sins of the world. But Judas Iscariot could not. Jesus' disciples could not. Neither did the Pharisee called Simon the leper. They were all there when the sinner woman came to Jesus and poured the expensive ointment on his head. And Simon the leper was there. All the disciples were there. And Judas Iscariot was also there. All of these gave a very negative response to what this simple woman did to Jesus. It is good to see the three evangelists make us aware of the response from these three different people. Evangelist Matthew points out to the response that the disciples in general made of this act, as we read. Secondly, evangelist Luke points to the command that the Pharisee, Simon the leper, made. And thirdly, Evangelist John points to the judgment that Judas Iscariot made. Simon the leper, a Pharisee, had so much of pride that he condemned Jesus. He condemned Jesus and looked upon him with disdain because he allowed this woman to touch Even the disciples who were with Jesus all the time could not see the value of Jesus. They should have actually commended the woman for doing such a thing. For Jesus deserved it, isn't it? They should have felt ashamed that they had not shown any such regard towards Jesus any such gratitude towards Jesus, their master. They were only concerned about what they could get in return from following Jesus. And when we see Judas Iscariot making a command, as John tells us in his gospel, John chapter 12, verse 4, then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence 
and given to the poor. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bear what was put therein. He would take from what was put therein. Looking at the reactions of these different people, we must ask ourselves, how much do we value Christ Jesus? What do you think about Jesus? Even Simon the leper, whom probably Jesus healed from his leprosy, looked at Jesus with such a low esteem. How ungrateful we are, isn't it? What a wretched people we are. They all saw the sinner woman as repulsive and unrighteous. However, they could not see Jesus as Jesus was. Righteous and holy without any flaw. They transferred the sins of the woman upon Jesus and condemned him. But this is exactly why Jesus came on this earth. That God the Father would transfer the sins, your sins and my sins, on his son and look upon him as a greatest sinner and condemn him and kill him and make him suffer the eternal suffering that you and I, men and women, boys and girls, are supposed to suffer. In our place, he condemned his son. By doing this, Jesus, the Son of God, would save many that would put their trust in him and give them eternal life. He would make them into a new creation. This woman was a living sign of what Christ would do on the cross for those whom he would save. And in turn, such men would not be ashamed of Jesus anymore. I was ashamed of Jesus. I went to become a priest, a Roman Catholic priest. Studied for six and a half years. But to be honest, I was ashamed to call Jesus as the only Savior, as the only God before my Hindu uh, uh, friends. I was ashamed. This woman was not ashamed. No. She knew who Jesus was. And now I know who the Lord is. For what he has done for me. And he can do the same to you dear friends. She was not ashamed. To commit her life to Jesus. And to declare by her act. That he is the anointed one. Dear friends, you could be in the ministry, you could be calling yourself a Christian, you could be in the committee of the church, you could be involved in doing lots of good work, social work, but it could be that you hold Jesus in a very low esteem, like the Pharisee and the disciples. 
I thought I was better than many, even Jesus, because I used to do some social work. What pride entered into us? You could hold him so low that you looked at yourself higher than him. I used to tell my wife, what has Jesus suffered? The political activists suffer more than Jesus, I used to tell her. I said this in ignorance. But once he came into my life, forgave me of my sins and transformed me, the things I used to do, I had no taste to do it anymore because Christ came into my life and I knew what Christ has suffered on my behalf. I value him now more than anything else on this earth. You could hold Jesus whom you call the Lord in such low esteem that you're not willing to give your whole self to him. In everything you and I do could be secretly exalting ourselves about Jesus. It really needs examining our motives so that we don't play Jesus and exalt ourselves. Judas was the disciple of Jesus, but by the comments that Judas made, he was exalting himself. He was rebuking Jesus, saying, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? He was judging Jesus. He put the poor about Jesus. There are so many ministers, so many Christians who call themselves Christians, put the poor above Jesus. They put the poor and fight for justice and human rights first. We must care for the poor, there is no doubt about it. We must do all we can, all we can to share with them, but not at the cost of putting Jesus under our feet. All this is good and worthy, but the truth is that they do not highly esteem the Savior and the Lord. They even shy away from preaching the gospel of salvation. Pastors that are involved in many ministries must be very careful. Slowly, Jesus becomes less and less important and the ministry becomes more and more valuable. There is no time to look at Jesus as Jesus is. There is no time to worship him as the Lord and Savior. There is no time to acknowledge him and to bow before him, to kneel down and say, Lord, you are my king, the Lord God Almighty, the risen Lord, and to have intimate relationship with him because all the time and energy and the thought goes on the ministries. Although we must be careful about 
replacement theology, we must not forget to be aware of the replacement of ministry taking place in our hearts and pushing Jesus Christ away from us. It has been the downfall of many, isn't it? We are told about Jesus that this he said, not that he cared for the, rather, we are told about Judas that he said this, he condemned uh, what was done by this woman, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had a bag and bear what was put therein. You see, he said this, he showed his interest towards the poor, he protested against the extravagance shown to Jesus, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was selfish. He was selfish. He wanted that money. The people of the earth do not value Jesus. Most, most religious people do not value Jesus. Sinners do not value Jesus. This is because we love our sins more than Jesus. We love our sins more than Jesus. We value our sins more than the purity and the righteousness of Jesus. We desire to feed our flesh with lust because we value and enjoy this lust more than receiving the inner strength of purity, righteousness that Jesus can give us to overcome all this. When this is the condition of our soul, we do what Judas did. He went to the chief priest and said, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. What will you give me? Dear friend, like Judas, our interest in sins constantly put us in the business of seeking to receive some reward at the cost of betraying our Creator and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We constantly betray Jesus and we grieve God by our sins, for we choose sin in place of Jesus Christ. We have the example of Delilah, isn't it? We read this in the first portion of our scriptures. She said that she loved Samson. She loved Samson. But she told Samson if she loved her, he should tell the secret of his strength. She wanted to know this secret so that she could betray him to the Philistines and receive a large reward. Her security was in the amount of money she would receive from the enemies of Samson. She demanded love from Samson so that she would reward him with betrayal. She demanded love from Samson and in return she would enjoy seeing him bleed to death inflicted by his enemies. What kind of love is this? And sad to say 
we find this kind of love among couples, even those who call themselves Christians. They love money. They love security more than the one to whom they made their vows to remain faithful in poverty or riches, in good health or sickness. The vow is just thrown out of the window. It is interesting to know that in exchange of Samson, Delilah was given by the Lord of the Philistines, each of them 1,100 pieces of silver. There were five lords of the Philistines, five kings of the Philistines. They were of Gaza and Ashkelon, Ashdod, Ekron, and Gath. If you multiply 1,100 into five, you get 5,500 silver pieces. Jesus was sold for only 30 pieces of silver. Well, as Samson was sold, for 5,500 pieces of silver. Delilah told Samson that she loved him. Judas gave Jesus the kiss of love, but actually it was a sign for his enemies to know that this is the man. Take him, hand him over to be judged and killed. What are you selling Jesus for? Dear friends, Apostle Peter told the Jews that you have taken and by wicked hands have crucified uh, and slain this Jesus approved of God to be the savior of the world. The same blame can be applied to all of us. Let us repent, dear friends. Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He is ever ready, waiting with his arms open to receive you. May the Lord help you to make and to understand the great value. And you know what? When we make Jesus the greatest pearl, the greatest value, your value increases. My value increases. Isn't that wonderful? Let us pray. most glorious and eternal God. Great is thy name and greatly to be praised. We humble ourselves before thee. Lord our God, in our ignorance we have done many wrong things. O Lord, we have rejected thee. We have, O Lord, made the name of thy son Jesus Christ as rubbish. But today, Lord, we ask thee pardon for our sins. O oh Lord, open our minds to know the truth. And your Father, deliver us and help us to know more and more about the Savior. Come, Lord Jesus, come and enthrone thyself into our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we take a final hymn? 459, 459.